This is Sean Green here with Ryan Kramer from the Sports Gambling Podcast, and you're listening to Over Six Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Band of Burke, and with me, as always, the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, Cam? Just another week. Thursday night picks a little later this week. See if we we've already missed out on a ton of line movement. Hopefully, we can get these picks better this week. But uh, only one way to find out. How are you doing, Burke? I'm doing great. I played some fall golf today. Fall golf is just so much more different than summer golf. There's multiple times today where I was like, oh, my God, if this was the summer, that would have been such a nice shot. And yet I was still saying that on 18. So my ability to adjust uh, <laughs> it was not was not good. Um, but, hey, I mean, it is what it is. Playing golf. uh into November in, in Southern Ontario is always a great thing. Um, hopefully we can get out one more time this year. We're going to see how it goes. I hear that you're on the, uh, the IL. You got an, in, you got a, you got an injury. Yeah. A little, uh, tennis elbow or as tennis players like to call it golfers elbow. It's kind of an issue that's been dealing with all summer, but today it got too much. It's November. I think it's just time to rehab it for a bit. Take a little bit of a break, get back into some sim golf come Christmas time and then get ready for the spring season. But I think I think now's the time to pack it in. Season's ending. Gotta do some rehab so I'm better for the future. All right. So as promised, we're super excited. Third time these guys have been on. Friends of the show. Cam, you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right, coming to you on the Over Six Sports Podcast. It is uh, our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast at Gambling Podcast on Twitter. It is Sean Stack the Money Green and Ryan Real Money Kramer. What's up, boys? Welcome to the show. What's happening? Go birds! Let's uh, do this. Happy Week Nine. Happy Week Nine. Our, uh how how are you guys feeling about your respective teams at at, at Week Nine, Sean? I know the. Kramer must be feeling pretty good after last week, no? <laughs> they they covered another spread. Thank you for noticing uh, the Giants. I, I don't know. It, it's it is what it is. I'm focused on handicapping the National Football League. Uh, you know, hopefully Dave Gettleman goes on that fishing trip uh, out to the Atlantic somewhere, catches some bluefish, maybe falls off the side. And uh, you know maybe they find someone who can call plays. So. Joe Judge still not on the list of uh, people responsible for the Giants' debacle. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. So I liked what I saw out of the uh, Eagles <laughs> against the line. Granted, it's the Lions, but still 44 to six, pretty awesome. Getting the running game going, limiting the number of uh, throws Jalen Hurts has has to have, and getting aggressive with the defense. Now we're one game out of the playoffs, the seventh spot. Oh, God. So and we have a very we we play the Giants twice we play the Redskins twice we got the Jets so very winnable games coming up on the schedule don't look now dark horse candidate okay I I don't know <laughs> I got to touch on the elephant in the room here though you you're, you're on us all the time for Miami fans and two it sucks yes. we we get that but do you honestly <laughs> feel be- any better about Jalen Hurts as your quarterback the guy cannot throw the ball 
Yeah, I mean, uh, throwing he's he's struggled throwing the ball, but hey, hey, we didn't. You know, we spent a second rounder on him. I think this year is about seeing what we have with Jalen Hurts. We have the Miami Dolphins pick uh, next year, so thank you guys for that. And uh, we'll see what we have. I mean, I'm not completely all in on Jalen Hurts. I would still take him over Tua, but uh, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't looked amazing throwing. This is Tua's week. This is Tua's week. I think week. a lot of it is, and certainly he deserves some criticism. But you know, he's still essentially a rookie, and I, I think if they kind of run the offense to fit his strengths, he's going to be in a much better position. So hopefully, we see some of that in the second half of the year. Is, is this I'm, not a must-win week for the Miami Dolphins then against the Texans? Got to be right. Oh. It is. This is the beginning of the next chapter of Tua's life. As they announced, they are moving forward with Tua as their quarterback. Uh, he made it through the tribunal. He's going to have the idol to protect him for nine more weeks. And um, what better team to get right against than the Houston Texans? So I, I love. I mean, I gave him out as my DFS quarterback this week. I think he's going to have a great, great statistical week, and and maybe the confidence. Maybe this will get him over the confidence hump. Deshaun Watson no longer coming to Miami. Kramer, are you losing faith in Tua? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, although I, I again, I'm, I'm on Tua as my stack. I locked up uh, the Dolphins this week. Uh, I just think the Texans are so bad. This is a great week for him to kind of, you know, what better timing? They don't trade for Deshaun Watson. He has a huge game. Everything's right in Miami. They have two wins. I mean, the only thing that scares me is Tyrod Taylor actually does scare me. He's going to play this week. It sounds like so. Uh, I feel much better if Davis Mills was still playing for the Texans. Miami's now lost to Atlanta and Jacksonville. I don't know if I can feel confident against going against anybody. This is true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, you're, you're speechless. You're speechless, Sean. So I mean, I gave you the, the hype. I, I already I laid it out. That was the hype. That's the best I can do. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the problem is, Sean, is that the bet the bet's not. Uh, we talked about this on your show, on your previous show, a couple of weeks ago. The, the bet is not looking good at the moment. <laughs> For Tua, but yeah. yeah. Wait, what was? Remind me what exactly <laughs> was the bet? I I think it was it was four thousand passing yards. Yeah. Uh, was it was it twenty touchdowns, I, thirty touchdowns? It may have just been the four thousand passing yards. Honestly, uh, I I feel like there was a there was like a touchdown to something ratio going on in there. <laughs> Uh, I, I could not be have been wrong. touched down to INT because four thousand talking- yards was definitely something we talked about. He's sitting at one thousand right now, so I, I'm feeling pretty good on my under uh, four thousand yards. Last part about the about Miami. I don't want to talk about Miami forever because nothing that we say <laughs> is going to change your mind. Um, did you not have any belief last week when Miami was playing the Bills? It was three three at the half. The you know the red zone percentages were not great. Uh, but they kept the game close, and I mean the the the, the final score was not necessarily indica- uh, indicative of how close it was. I had Miami covering. I felt I got robbed by that. Um, I, I, did you actually think that Tua looked that bad last week, or did the offensive line just let him down? He looked he looks bad in the in the way that bad quarterbacks often look bad, which is at the worst time, and that's the problem. His his variance is you know his his ceiling appears to be like oh great throw good good job good job you hit the guy you're supposed to and his floor seems to be like Carson Wentz let me float the ball up into into the ether on the goal line <laughs> and just see if the defense can catch it I I think that's the problem when you make the bad I mean it's why Danny Dimes gets so much shit because the bad plays look really bad. 
And until Tua can figure that out, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be questions. That was almost my comparison over like the last three weeks. In some weeks, like some drives, you're like, oh my, this guy looks like a number one quarterback. And then the next drive, he throws the absolute most ridiculous pick I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly like Carson Wentz does. And I'm like, is this really yeah. just turning into a second Carson Wentz type player? Because some drives, he looks like a great quarterback. And then the next drive, he's like, yeah, everything you just saw, it doesn't matter. It's a confidence thing. He clearly like had the, the, the footsteps of Deshaun Watson have been bothering him. Honestly, I think there's, head. there's something uh, liberating about what just happened. And hopefully in the, the 2021 era of the modern athlete, he can overcome whatever confidence issues he's had and, and play his best game this weekend. Cause I've been touting the shit out of it. <laughs> there's a couple of things we want to get into. The first thing that we want to just touch on with you guys um, is we're, we're halfway through the season, just about whatever you want to call half of 17, whether it's week eight, whether it's week nine, whatever. Um, what has been the biggest surprise to you guys across the NFL? I'll leave that open into um, surprising teams, surprising failure. Um, I mean, for example, Deshaun Watson not playing this year has been the least surprising thing of all. But what has been the most surprising thing to you guys? And I'll leave you with the floor. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, the elephant in the room is the chiefs, right? Uh, Them being this bad. And even against the giants, they looked really bad. They were trying to lose that game against the giants. They were doing everything they could to give the giants the game giants being the giants didn't want any part of it, but the the chiefs have looked legitimately bad. And I, I certainly didn't see that coming. Like I, I I thought they would lose maybe like four games, five games at the most, but they're already at four and four. Like the the under to the Chiefs has cashed like two weeks ago, so that to me is is pretty surprising, uh, considering all the weapons they have. Considering they have Andy Reid, I mean, we knew their defense wasn't going to be great, but the offense, like the turnovers, I mean, you know, I, I haven't checked it recently, but Patrick Mahomes, I think, is still leading the league in interceptions. Which that, I mean, odds alone, you, yeah, that that would have paid pretty good if you had the cojones to throw down on. Patrick Mahomes to lead the league in interceptions. So for me, the Chiefs have been the most shocking uh, team this season. I mean, as a podcast, uh, as a brand, who was you know we were low on the Cardinals, but that's not the team I'm going to throw out as surprising. We were extra low on the Bengals. We both picked them to go two and (laughs) fifteen. Yeah, Uh, we thought the offensive line issues would be a big issue. So to me, that's the surprise in in a division that has uh, traditionally they've been number four uh, or number three in a good year. Uh, they're certainly showing out as, as uh, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, you have uh, the ability to talk shit for the first time in maybe a decade. Well, yeah. And, and all the stuff coming out of camp, Joe Burrow doesn't trust his leg and that ACL tear happened late in the season. So I, I was, no, I'm no, I'm no, uh, I'm no medical doctor by any means, but it seemed like, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it might take him. You know, he wouldn't be quite a hundred percent. He, he was lacking confidence. You Chase saw with it. the drops. He was like putting his leg up, and Chase had drops. They, they just had so many, and they were getting a ton of hype. So they were just a team we identified as like, oh man, this, this is disaster written all over it. Zach Taylor, I'm, I still don't know if he's a good coach, but mm. uh, credit to them. I mean, with this. With the exception of this loss to the Bengals, which again we were all over because it was a is a very obvious sandwich spot for them on the schedule, um, you know they how good they've been playing is pretty surprising. And then what's been the so as a catalyst 
right? So Bengals have been surprisingly successful. Uh, in your opinion, then, like, what is the catalyst? Is it Joe Burrow playing uh, like he did in college? Is it the emergence of Jamar Chase? Or what is it that's got them to this point? I mean, that's the problem. It could just be the smoke and mirrors of a fun offense. That's, you know, if you look at some of the numbers, they've Jamar Chase is obviously performing at a, a insane level. No one's ever done it before. But even if you just dive into the efficiency of what he's doing and how far down the field some of his targets are, look, this this team was always projecting to be a fun fantasy team. Good offense, bad defense. I think the difference is the defense showed up this year. And and to me, you know, that's that's what's gonna help them carry. Now, if the defense is just smoke and mirrors, then I think we're gonna see a team that's gonna lose some fun games too. So uh, perhaps a team that could be crescendoing a little early, but uh, well, I guess they just lost to the Jets, so no crescendo there. But uh, <laughs> I certainly think the Bengals' defense is the reason this team is being talked about as a front-running team. Yeah, and the, and the defense doesn't have a ton of stars either. Like if you, I mean, off the top of your head, it's tough to name some of the bigger Bengals defensive playmakers, but they're trotting out a pretty good, a pretty good defense. And on the other side, they. You know they they still insist on running five wide a lot and not giving Burrow extra protection. It's actually working this year. Where last year he was getting the shit kicked out of him, yeah. And now he's actually getting rid of it quicker. Um, and they're they're getting away with it. So it, we'll see how sustainable it is. But early on, it's pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean that just touched on it. Do we think a couple of these AFC division leaders are legit? When we talk about the Bengals, I know the Ravens are technically ahead of them. Are the Raiders legit? Like. Do we actually want to keep betting on these teams? Are they going to keep this up, or are they really just going to fall off here in the second half of the year? Well, I mean, the Raiders. Like a great opportunity. Sorry to interrupt. This seems like a great opportunity to start a lovely segment that we're going to dub "Deal or No Deal," aka "Real Deal or Deal." Um, let's start with the Ravens. Are the Ravens the real deal, or are they no deal? No, I think the I think the Ravens are going to sneak up on people, and I think maybe, maybe we're talking about a situation. I mean, why can't they win the one seed? Yeah, I I'm on board with the Ravens. They're a real deal for me in the regular season. They're the yeah, and, and in the regular season for sure. And you know, our critique and everyone's critique of Lamar Jackson was always like he just didn't look good throwing the ball, but he's kind of figured it out. His his ability to throw the ball has been very good. Their defense is actually playing below their you know normal pretty high level. So if Harbaugh, you know, they're coming off the, uh, I think they're coming off the buy, right? So they have, they had some time. If they can figure anything out defensively a little bit, I, I think they can be pretty frisky here on the home stretch. Especially consider, I mean, the AFC, NFC, like the entire league's wide open, and they did get a little playoff experience last year. Got that first victory. We'll see uh, how they do once playoffs come, but uh, I, I definitely think they feel like a pretty real team. Moving along then, what do you guys think about the Chargers? They're kind of been up and down, some weird wins. I don't like they can't stop the run at all, which is quite concerning to me. And their defense doesn't seem to be able to adjust to that. Deal or no deal? Oh, you know I'm buying the Chargers at all costs. I think uh I think I gave them out as a playoff team preseason and maybe even had them upsetting the number one seed Ravens. Uh, they, I, honestly, I'm sitting on tickets for them to win the division, and I feel pretty good about it. The Raiders, I feel like, are going to come come down. The Chiefs might figure it out, but uh, I still like this offense, and I like whatever weird scheduling quirk hitting all these teams that are going to be able to run the ball on them. They'll figure it out. The coach seems smart. I'm betting on the Chargers as per usual, but I, I would buy them as a division winner today. I'm fading the Chargers. No deal. No, horrible. No deal. Put a, put, 
put away that uh, put away that suitcase, Howie Mandel. I don't want any. I don't want any uh, Chargers action. I mean, they're 32nd in you know rush DVOA, which is kind of insane considering some of the talent they have there. Justin Herbert, uh, you know, the book is out on Justin Herbert. You rush him, he's gonna get rattled. I was uh, thankfully I was on the under on the Chargers. It was set at as high as nine and a half. Uh, felt a little inflated there. I mean, there was like Justin Herbert MVP talk, and he's cooled off a little bit. Um, I, and just really the defense is just very soft. And then if you're any sort of uh, advanced analytics EPA guy, they just refuse to to be aggressive on first and second down. And I think eventually that's going to catch up to you. I mean, we had one of the guys from PFF saying, you know, Herbert's numbers mm. uh, against pressure were kind of outliers. Uh, I always liked Herbert. I mean, uh, that you know, his rookie year, he just looked so good, standing in the, in the pocket, taking all that pressure and delivering the ball downfield. But now he seems to be struggling a little bit with the pressure, and maybe some of those some of those numbers are regressing back. So I, I'm glad I'm on. I was on the unders and the Chargers. <laughs> so I think nine and eight is maybe their ceiling here. I got another one for you. We got a couple more for you on the, on, on this scope. The Tennessee Titans, now before Derrick Henry went out, it's an easy deal. But after Henry's gone, they have a three-game three lead in the division. So let's not talk about the division necessarily. I mean, you got Indy behind them at three and five. Um, but Tennessee, just in terms of the progression of the season, the playoffs, is it a deal or is it a no deal with Derrick Henry out? I mean, the offense still seems like it might be fun, but at some point, the lack of the running game is going to show the defense for what it is. And I think if if Derrick Henry hurt leaving or getting hurt hurts them in any area, it's the fact that he kind of covers up their defense's inability to consistently cover. And I think just them being able to smash clock and run him and and just confidently give him the ball even when they're down two three touchdowns, I think that's huge. And I, I would I said it last week before they beat the Colts. I'll say it again. I think it's not crazy to grab some money on the Colts still because the way Tennessee plays defense or the way they're capable of playing defense in now in a system where they're going to have to pass the ball more. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a, a crazy high variance team. So I would say no deal on the Titans. I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans completely falter. I'm buying the Titans. I'm buying the Titans. I I'm buying the dip on the Titans. I think uh, you know, like in the crypto <laughs> world, every- AMC buy the dip. <laughs> yes, exactly. Th- if they were GameStop, they would be bottoming out right now. Regulators <laughs> looking in the FCC, the SEC, saying, "Hell, we can't have this market manipulation." Perfect time to buy the Titans. I mean, first off, they do have a three-game lead against the Colts. They're going to still win the AFC South. And again, running backs don't matter. I know Derrick Henry's awesome and really is a game changer for this team, but this truly is one of those few teams that is a team. They already have quality wins uh, against a bunch of the other AFC teams. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, well, they don't have Derrick Henry, but this is a team that kind of rallies. And I, Vrabel does a good job. Um, he's he's clearly like a player's coach in that he, you know, former former player seems to get the most out of his guys. Tannehill, I, I think kind of has a little horseshoe up his ass. I think they're going to be frisky. I mean, I do think no Derek Henry uh, impacts them way down the line as far as their ceiling of getting to a super bowl or winning the AFC. But I think in the short term, they're going to be undervalued. Cause I do think they're a pretty solid team. And I, I think if they're going to be treated as this 
shitty team just because they don't have Derrick Henry. I think I'm going to be buying. So I, I think it uh, certainly Derrick Henry not being on the team uh, affects like the long term future of like an AFC Super Bowl run. But I think in the short term, they're kind of an interesting buy uh, because everyone's going to be talking themselves into the Colts or, you know, other teams. And uh, I, I like the Titans. Um, maybe a ticket you could get on prop swap. Hey, oh yeah. Nice. Look at these guys. Well played. Right? Well played. Help it, help and move the number here. I mean, you just got to touch on the <laughs> fact that Derek Henry's just going to expose Ryan Tannehill as dolphins fans. We all know how bad Ryan Tannehill actually is. <laughs> we just got one more on this sec. There is that. Yeah. One more, <laughs> one more. T- it's an Adam. Ga- it's an Adam Gase things guys. <laughs> oh, it's Ryan so Tannehill. It's Tannehill. Lastly, last team we're going to touch on in this segment, we kind of already quickly touched on them as the Raiders. The Henry Ruggs free Raiders deal or no deal. Uh, They were no deal before the Ruggs thing. I think, you know, in a weird world, maybe this galvanizes the team. I don't think so. Obviously uh, we got guys like Max Crosby off doing, doing off field dealing, signing podcast deals with blue wire. Uh, I, yeah, sell, sell. Obviously, the coach gone. Uh, Derek Carr never been a buyer of Carr, and I, I just, I expect them to kind of level out and be right there, third spot in the divisions. Maybe, maybe they beat out the Chiefs this year because of what's going on. But uh, I'd be surprised if they made the playoffs. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm no deal. I'm selling the the Raiders. No deal for me. They've just been through too much. I think eventually the idea that you're special teams head coach is coaching the team. I think that's going <laughs> to impact you. And from a football side, you know, Henry Ruggs being that deep threat and we see it all the time. I mean, look at what Tyree kill does to the rest of the field. Now, certainly he's no Tyree kill, but when you have a deep threat like that, it forces the safeties to play back, opens up the middle of the field for Waller and uh, you know, doesn't let them load the box against the run game. So I think that's going to impact him. Uh, and and the, some of the stuff they're doing on defense, I don't think is sustainable. And they've just—it's just been like a shitty year for the Raiders. I, I'd be surprised if they win the division. But I mean, you know, I'm I'm also also not on the Chargers or the Chiefs. Yeah, who do you have winning oh, this division? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Broncos <laughs> make a run. It's—I mean, I feel like I'm out on the entire AFC West. Someone has to win. I I would just I, I think there's some fun long shot stuff. Um, maybe I'm just like Exposed. a weird weird Broncos homer. I do like the Raiders this week though, so they do get to six and two. Um, but I I think long term I I don't see them getting to like eleven wins. Maybe the Chiefs turn it on late, but yeah, I, I, AFC West is kind of a mess. Will be I, I it feels like a division that's going to come down to like the last game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so who do we got here? Derek Carr or Tua in fantasy? If I need some help. Oh, Tua by a mile. I'm I'm honestly starting Tua in a couple high stakes leagues. Sean and I just picked him up in a uh, industry league. We're starting him. Uh, Tua's a go. This we're we're all go for Tua this week. Yeah, I, I mean, in this week fantasy. Uh, Did you not watch that Giants defense last week against Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that's that's on the road. No the fly Giants, zone, baby. The, the Giants do better. <laughs> uh, I think Derek Carr is going to have a good game, getting Darren Waller back. But I I think uh, for this game, I, I think you got to go uh, to it. But rest of the season, I think you're you're better off starting uh, Derek Carr. Sweet. Uh, just wanted to touch on something. So this is our first year. We're picking every game against the spread as well. Both sitting right around fifty percent, which isn't horrible, I think, for our first uh, time doing it every game. There's a lot of games you never want to bet on. Our locks, though, 
We've been trying to lock up a game every week. I am about 10%. Zach is not much better. <laughs> like, how can you sit 30, 50, 30%, 50% overall and be so bad at choosing a lock? What are your guys' tips for helping us out there? Well, uh-huh. you know, we haven't been amazing this year either. And uh, just, just, you know, if your locks aren't hitting, just uh, explain to the audience that, you know, sharp guys like us, it's been a rough week. I mean, a rough uh, season so far. I mean, the public is doing really well. It, it's kind of crazy how well the public's been doing. And I, I think that certainly is hurting uh, Kramer and I uh, picks, but yeah, dialing in the lock. I know uh, Colby has a similar issue on the, on the college podcast where he'll dominate against the spread, but not, you know, not uh, hitting the locks. I, I, again, to me, I was two and oh last week. So what I would recommend is just don't expect different. If you don't do different, <laughs> I expect that you're, you're, you're looking introspectively each week. You're, you're trying to maybe change Break down the game film. What maybe, are you doing wrong? Maybe you're changing. Who's going first. Who's going second. Things there's a, like there's that. a lot of mojo things you can do to mix it up and uh, lean into those as you, uh, if you have a cold streak with the locks, you, the locks have to find you. So you just kind of have to be open to it. You can't, you can't press. I mean, right now well, you can, because what we did was start giving out two well, locks. Yeah. Press. <laughs> and, and as far as like giving doubling up your locks to help your win percentage, but uh, you can't force it much like Patrick Mahomes, who keeps forcing uh, balls and, and uh, creating <laughs> interceptions. We, uh, you know, you yeah. just compare, compare yourself to Patrick Mahomes, great handicappers. But right now you're pressing a little bit, trying to thread that needle for the lock and uh, you know, let the offense come to you. Nothing speaks more of that than last week. Us trying the double locks for once and going Oh, for four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's tough. That's tough. Now you might have to, in, in true DJ fashion, you might have to go for three this week. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just gotta keep be amping the, it up. Play, right? <laughs> We're locking up 15 <laughs> games this week. <laughs> yeah. Every, ge- every game against the spread, each picks a lock. Let's go baby. Um, all right. Another thing. So let's talk about the best of the worst. This is bringing it back to, to the Miami dolphins and, and the Detroit lions. So you look at the, the, the games that Miami lost and the Miami, you know, has been in some games, probably should have beat the Jags probably should have beat the Raiders. If it wasn't for some bullshit pass interference, not called <laughs> is, is, is Miami the second, sorry, let me, let me phrase this the right way is the Miami, the second best worst record team in the NFL. So oh, they've wow, got the, one of the worst record, but they actually should be a couple games better. So you you want us to compare Miami to other one win teams? No, no, no. So like the Jets, for example, the Jets yes. are ahead of us in the division with two wins. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Those are. I mean, if we're doing this like the 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 college football playoff committee, here's what I would say: the Jets have some quality wins. Okay, and the committee doesn't care about close losses. They care about quality wins. Jets two massive wins against the Titans and the Bengals. That's going to hurt you in the rankings. I would say, I mean, that's a great transition. That was my next question for you was <laughs> flipping the script slightly a um, couple minutes left here is we, we have some college fans on the podcast. We're not like the most massive college guys, but there's definitely been some chatter just in terms of uh, the current playoff rankings uh, in college football. Who's ranked one to four, one to 10. Um, are you guys happy with where the rankings are at college wise uh, kind of getting into the end of the season? Um 
personally, full disclosure, I think college football is stu- super stupid the way that it works. <laughs> no lie, like really, like it's it, like it's not record based. It's different conferences. You have a committee picking who makes the playoffs. Like to me, that's really fucked up, and I don't think it makes any sense. But are you, are you guys? Does this make sense to you guys? The teams that are ranked top four right now. Oh yeah, I mean, it, uh, I like it because it, it drives Colby insane, and then I, I get to just hear about it in the office all day. No, I mean, this is this is to the casual fan. This is why it's annoying and why they need to expand the playoff. I mean, why you know March Madness is so fun because any team can win. You put a bunch of teams in. Obviously, you don't need sixty-four college football teams, but if we got it to twelve teams. It wouldn't be at, you could still have that debate, which is fun as like, you know, if it's 12 teams, there's going to be some one win teams, uh, you know, below two win teams and stuff like that. And some debate like that is fun. But I mean, if you're Oklahoma and you're sitting at eight, uh, you got to feel jobbed and Cincinnati, it's like, okay, then why even pretend like these non power five teams are in the playoff? If you're never going to put undefeated power five teams in the top four, and let them play in the playoff. Like if Cincinnati goes undefeated, it feels like they're still not going to be in the playoffs. So then it's like, why, why even pretend like they're in the same thing that clearly they're not. Yeah. From a, so that kind of stuff is insane. From a casual fan, I see Cincy and I'm like, they got one quality win over Notre Dame that I'm like, they're undefeated. How did they go from being second ranked to now being out of the playoffs? Yeah. And that's the other thing that's stupid is like, why even do these rankings of the top 25? If those rankings aren't the same as the college football playoff rankings, like it's, it's madness. Well, I mean, the, the stupid thing is, is Notre Dame's not even part of a conference and they set their own schedule. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not a big <laughs> college. Fan. I mean, we're from Southern Ontario. Okay. Southern yeah. Ontario, Canada. I mean, there are some college fans down here, not a ton. Do you Obviously guys? Do you all- guys have? Uh, do you guys have colleges in Canada? We've got <laughs> university, but o- OUA football is like this is like the CFL. Like you know the CFL, right? Yeah, yeah. The most unwatchable football in the history oh. of every wow. football. Col- ever. If Colby heard you say this, you would be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Colby's we a CFL to- fan. Colby loves all football. That Colby really likes Any lower unpopular yeah. football. Anything that's lower level, maybe more running of the ball, <laughs> less scoring. Is Colby aware that there's a thing called a rouge in Canadian football, where if oh, you no. kick the ball into the end zone, it's a point? Uh, <laughs> no, wait. How does that work? Please explain that to <laughs> the me. Soccer? Okay. What? <laughs> no, no. Okay, it's okay. I'm telling you, the CFL. It like, and I'm sorry to all our fans or our CFL fans, which can't be that much because <laughs> you're listening to our NFL picks. Like, you don't give two shits about the CFL. If you <laughs> miss a field goal and you kick it into the end zone, and or you punt it into the end zone, it's a point, and it's oh. called a rouge. That's. I mean, that honestly, that sounds very French. It, 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 well, is. It, it, it is. It is very fresh. So, like for example, let, let me just let me just walk you through this scenario where there's a game in in the playoffs. I think it was the semifinals of the Grey Cup. Whatever Grey Cup, it's very renowned in Canada. We have a whole fake Super Bowl. It's a whole thing. Um, there was a play where you know Toronto punted it, and Hamilton, which is close to Toronto or whoever was they're playing. It went into the end zone. They punted it back out. Oh my Toronto goodness. punted it back in. Hamilton punted it back out. Toronto punted it back in and won by one point. Does that sound like football to you? No, what the hell is that? That sounds like it's, soccer. It's not. 
It's not soccer. It's not football. It's crap. This is what we have to deal with. It's time to bring an NFL team uh, up to Canada. I'll tell you Let's that do much. Because we're, we're tired. We're tired of going down to Buffalo to see, uh, you know, Miami get their ass kicked every time we go down there once <laughs> once a year. So anyway, uh, all right, Cam. Anything else you got for these guys before we let them go? I think we've taken up a good amount of their time. No, just thanks again, guys, for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can carry this over to our picks and hopefully get a couple of locks right for once. Oh, dear let's, right. let's get it. I, thanks I, for having I, us, I, guys. <laughs> no worries. Uh, and you can follow them uh, on Twitter, uh, at Gambling Podcast, uh, at Kramer Centric, and I'm pretty sure it's at Sean T. Green. Is that what it is, Sean? You nailed it. Boom. Love it. Uh, follow all their stuff. Check out their podcast. It's great. Sean, Ryan, thanks again, as always, for coming on the podcast. We'll catch up with you near the end of the season, okay? Sounds good. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers, guys. Once again, thank you to the uh, guys from SGP, Sean, uh, Stack the Money Green, and Ryan Real Money Kramer. Uh, always great to have those guys on, man. They're, uh, they're insightful. We taught them a little something about the uh, the Canadian Football League, the CFL and the Rouge. Uh, man, I <laughs> I find it wild that they we, we bring up the Rouge and they're just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go on here afterwards and just uh... – just message Colby or something and be like, so do you know what a rouge is? If Sean and Ryan haven't already mentioned it to Colby tonight as they're doing their Thursday night sim, um, just to see. I want to see what Colby thinks. If the, he is truly in every football like they say he is, I want to see if he knows what it is. You, you Pull up a clip. Find a clip of a rouge. Post it on Twitter. Um I'd see Charlton Turf tag the tag the guys from SGP in it and, uh, and <laughs> just see what they say about it. Um, I mean, hey. Full disclosure, we know that some people like the CFL and good for you. Um, you can like any league that you want. I'm just not a big fan. I've never been a big fan of the CFL, and that's not going to change anytime soon. It's uh, I'm not knocking the people who play. I'm not knocking the fans. It's just me on a personal level. I think the CFL and some of the rules are dumb. Some of the rules are good. Some of the rules are super stupid. The Rouge to me is super stupid. Cam, uh, we had a terrible week last week. Terrible. It was not good at all. Do you want to get into some picks for week nine and uh, and get some redemption? Yeah, we got to do it. We got to come back after last week, after talking to the SGP guys, changing up the mojo with an interview this week. Like they said, you got to change it up to get better. So we're changing it all up this week. So let's get at it. Let's do it. It's the over six NFL picks week nine week nine. Oh my gosh. We are halfway through. It's crazy. Um, sitting at just about 50% on the year, uh, halfway through the season. So it's not a bad gig and our logs are not doing so well. Um, we made our prediction for, uh, for Thursday night already. That game's kicking off shortly. Um, See how that uh, shakes out. Uh, but we're going to start it off with a 1 o'clock slate, as we always do. Cam, who do we got starting on Sunday at 1 p.m.? We're going to start it off with the New England Patriots heading to Carolina. New England favored by 3.5 here. Sounds like P.J. Walker is going for the Panthers Ooh. this week. Ooh, Sam Darnold. Is it the concussion or is it just his play? 
could be either or at this point in the year through three weeks. He looks good. He looks bad now. I, uh, all right. Well, do you want me to kick it off? I mean, I was four and what? Four and nine last week? Something like that. It was not okay. good. It was not good. Let me let me start it off strong. I'm feeling positive. I feel like we're definitely I, – I got some juice in me this week, no doubt. Um, so the line was – was it three and a half? Is that the line? Sorry. Yeah, um, three and okay. a half. All right. Well, I'm going to keep this super, super simple. Um, uh, give me the New England Patriots minus three and a half. Um you know, they, they've been a surprising team, in my opinion. I did not think that they would do as well. Obviously, Mac Jones uh, in conversation um, for rookie of the year. I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is, you know, definitely getting some ground with that. If he's going to do Jefferson stuff from, from the year prior, uh, then he's going to be a lock there. But, I mean, Mac Jones hasn't been bad, um, you know. And uh, I, I just look at this, and you look at, like, the, you know, the, the last game the Patriots played that they, you know, they really showed up uh, pretty darn well. I mean, they, they've, they've won some surprising games that I definitely did not think that they would win um, their record. They're undefeated on the road. The Patriots are. And, uh, and against the spread, I mean, both teams are four and four. So I, I'm just going to go with the hot hand right now. And the veteran coach and Bill Belichick, and we talked about this on the recap uh, that at some point you got to start, you get to stop doubting uh, obviously, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Give me the Patriots minus the number. Yeah, I'll make this quick and easy. PJ Walker, not really a rookie, but he has played it hasn't played enough or started enough games to be not considered a rookie. So it's basically a rookie quarterback going against Bill Belichick. Doesn't end up well. C Mac's gonna give the Panthers a little bit of upside this week, but I don't think they can get it done. So if New he England plays. here. Covering the three and a half. C-Mac's going to go this week. If he, he's he's a limited participant in practice right now. He was on the weight machine and the bike today, and it's Thursday. C-Mac is going to go this week. Not in full capacity. So fantasy owners just hedge your bets here. Guys. I do want to touch on that in general. I don't think C-Mac's ever going to go to 100% or 95% snap again this year. Chuba's no. looked okay. He hasn't looked great. But he's looked okay. He's a rookie. You're going to see probably 75-25 split. You might even see almost more of a Nick Chubb-Kareem Hunt split, at least to end this year, especially this week, next week. It's still C-Mac. He's still going to be, if he's starting, he's top 10 running back for fantasy projection every week. It's just Christian McCaffrey. You don't have a choice there. But I'd be shocked if he gets a snap count that he had last year, even to start this year, ever again. Well, I mean, how can you blame them? I mean, if, if he can prove, like, if he gets a season under his belt where he doesn't get injured, I mean, maybe he gets it again. But, man, like, I mean, he's turning into a Band-Aid real, real quick. So, um, anyway, let's get into the next one. Yeah, moving along, we have the Buffalo Bills heading to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a 14-and-a-half-point dogs. Oof. Um, I mean, you got to take the Bills. I, I fucked. I mean, I didn't really fuck up last week when I took Miami minus 13 and a half. As I said, I felt like a robbed by that game. Um, oh, I should let you go first, by the way, but oh, well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 13 and a half point favorites last week against Miami, Miami, in my opinion, even though they lost to Jacksonville, I still think Miami's a better team. I don't really think that's biased. I don't think Jacksonville deserved to win the game that they, they played Miami. I think Miami with bad coaching decisions and whatnot gave it away. Um, and yeah, I mean, versus the spread, the Bills have been pretty decent this year. They got a tie on their record. 
if it's only 13 and a half versus Miami and they cover and it's 14 and a half versus Jacksonville, I don't see any uh, situation where Jacksonville really should cover this number. And I don't see this as a letdown spot for the bills. Uh, give me the bills minus 14 and a half. Yeah, no, the bills are the class of the AFC right now. There's a whole lot of other question marks in this conference. The bills are good. They're a good football team all around. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked good. Every time you think he's going to have a great week, like last week, you thought it was a big spot. He was horrible. So this team's not good. They can't get it done. James Robinson's questionable. He's everything to do with this offense. So Buffalo, 14 and a half. Lock it up. Not actually lock it up. I'm not locking up Buffalo. Are right, you not bo- you're not locking them up? <laughs> no. Come on. Uh, 14 and a half mean, is too much for a lock. I mean, maybe that's what I got to do. <laughs> oh, and two. I, we got to mix it up. The guy said we got to mix it up. I mean, maybe that's the mix up you're looking for. Moving along, we have Atlanta heading to New Orleans. New Orleans favored by six and a half. I'll go here first. Atlanta, not a good team. They've lucked into some wins. They've done what they've needed to to get some wins, which I don't think they deserve. New Orleans looking like a good team. This defense is good. They're legit. If Taysom Hill's playing, I feel confident in this team. Taysom Hill showed he could be a capable quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in a Sean Payton scheme. You got to trust the coaching. You got to trust the defense. Atlanta without Calvin Ridley, there's another weapon they don't have. So stop Calvin Pitts and you got a good chance. Six and a half touchdown. I feel good enough with this New Orleans team with the way they play Tampa. Maybe a letdown spot, but I still got to take them. I was just about to say, man, like they, the way that they played Tampa, um, I mean, coming off that game, as you said, um, couldn't be a letdown spot, but I think it just really shows more consistency. Um, this would be a spot normally where if Jameis had a good week last week, we would fade the Saints this week, but it's a completely different ballgame. Um, I mean, now you're talking Taysom Hill. Uh, you're talking a different offensive look. And if the Falcons have been preparing for this divisional game for a while, expecting Jameis Winston, you get Taysom Hill. Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to um, you know, necessarily react to that. And as you said as well, with Calvin really out, um, I mean, as you, you got Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's been – he had one good game this year in fantasy. Uh, other than that, I mean, obviously he's still a weapon anytime he's on the field. There's no doubt about that. Um, when He's one of your only guys who can really catch the ball um, and really do anything on offense with as weak of an arm as Matt Ryan has. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to ride the hot hand. Give me the Saints minus six and a half. Yeah, we'll just keep chugging right along. We'll go the Raiders heading to New York. Raiders against the Giants, sorry, against the New York Giants. Vegas, three-point favorites here. I'm going to go first. got to switch it up. So we're going to go 2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. got to change up the mojo, I just like, like the SGP like guy like said. It. Yeah, let's do it. I don't like taking this many favorites. This game is the hardest one for me this week. The Giants aren't very good. This Vegas defense has looked really good. What's going to go on with this team now that Ruggs is out? Are they going to get up for this game? Are they going to play really well coming off the bye? Teams off the bye this week haven't been good. But can I really bet on the Giants, especially with all this injury, all this COVID issues? No. I got to go Raiders here. I think this is going to be Darren Waller. Brian Edwards, who everyone thought was going to do really well off the start of the year. With no Ruggs in this offense now, he's got to step up. Waller's got to step up. Carr said all the right things in the interviews. He seems like a pretty good team guy. He's going to get the team to rally behind him this week. They're going to cover three points. 
Yeah, I mean, I again, I hate to be chalky with you. Like, we haven't been opposite sides yet uh, this week at all. But, I mean, the reality is is that, you know, the Giants covered last week versus the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs covering that game. Um, the Giants won the week before. Uh, I, I just I just can't get on this. I, I don't think the stock of the Giants is going to keep rising. Again, considering the injury problems that they've had, and then you lump in the COVID issues. I didn't think Daniel Jones looked amazing uh, on Monday versus the Chiefs. Um you know, the Raiders are obviously reeling from, from the, the rug stuff. Um, they responded really well to uh, John Gruden getting fired. Um, I, I think this is a spot you lose a receiver. It's next man up. Uh, give me Raiders minus three on the road. Uh, I, I like that play. I do. Yeah, I just it scares me with everything that's happening with both teams this week. It's a hard game to handicap, but... That's what we got to do. So it's right on the betting line too. Like, sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's it's right on that betting line of minus three. So like, you can go either way on this. Um, It's just really looking at the trends, right? I mean, and the other thing too, like if you look at kind of the, um, you know, the underlying stats behind the whole thing, um, these teams are both decent against the spread. Like the the Raiders are four and three, and the Giants are four and four on the spread. So talk about a middle line minus three. I mean, you got both teams that are that are at that spot away records like the the uh the, the giants are one and three at home raiders are two and one at home to me it leans a little bit the raiders way and maybe they're this 50 50 team um but if you again listening to the interview that we had earlier somebody's buying the raiders and i gotta ride with it yeah and that's the thing here would it shock me if the raiders win this by three and it's a push not one bit no nope. Got to take them in that spot. Moving along then, we have the Minnesota Vikings heading to Baltimore. Baltimore six-point favorites off the bye. Oh, man. So the good news is, is, uh, (laughs) the good news is, it's Kirk Cousins not in prime time. That is key here. That That is is super key. That's a good start. He's not in prime time. So this makes it, you know, a little bit more interesting than it was. Um... Teams have not done well off the bye. They just have. I mean, the Bills covered versus Miami. They shouldn't have, but they did. Uh, but I didn't think they put up their best effort, you know, against the Ravens whatsoever. Um, you know, it, it, could it be a game where, you know, Lamar is super rested. He's all healed up. He's ready to rock. I mean, maybe records against the spread are the exact same. They're both three and four. So there's really no great leaning way here. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty well, honestly, they're pretty well the same across the board in, in terms of home record, away record, uh, whatnot. Um, it seems like a lot of points for the Ravens, honestly, like just with, with the weapons that the Vikings have. And I know, you know the Baltimore's five and two. Realistically, they should have lost that game against the Lions, so they should be four and three. This should be a closer record than it actually uh, indicates. Um, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about Baltimore this week, and uh, and I, I just don't. I'm just not convinced that their defense is going to be able to necessarily hold up. And Dalvin Cook's been quiet. Jefferson had a quiet week last week. I feel like it's going to be a bounce back spot. Give me the Vikings uh, plus the points. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go opposite here. Again, both the guys from the SGP are buying on the Ravens. It is a deal. The Ravens are a good team. Their defensive coordinator is a really good coordinator. He's going to find a way. I know having Peter, no Peters has hurt them, 
but Humphreys is going to line up against Jefferson a lot of the time here. He's going to get Thielen sometimes. He's going to find a way to make the stops. Calais Campbell's a beast. He's going to be able to stop some of this run game again. Dalvin Cook doesn't look good this year. Just I know he's been slightly injured, no, a little doesn't. banged up, but he hasn't been very good this year. Yep. And I just can't trust this Minnesota team. Anytime I bet on them, they lose and don't cover. Anytime I go the other way, they seem to win or come as a dog. Don't have a good feel on them, but I like this Baltimore team. I'm liking Lamar in this situation. This defense didn't look good against Cooper Rush, so are you going to tell me they're going to look really good against Lamar Jackson? No. No, I don't think I, I'm not necessarily thinking that. I just don't know if the Ravens D is going to be able to necessarily contain Minnesota. I mean, something we're going to find out, I guess, for sure. Um, I mean, hey, the good news is about us being opposites on this one is like the Vikings, <laughs> if you go against the Vikings, they win. So I'm feeling Kirk, pretty good about Kirk Cousins cannot screw us both this week. <laughs> no, and it's not prime time. So it's taken out of the consideration. Let's move into the next one. Moving along, we have the Cleveland Browns heading to Cincy. Cincy, two and a half point favorites here. Coming off everything we know with the Browns, really it's just OBJ. Not cut, not injured, but not a part of this team. Not a part of practice. Excuse from practice in multiple days. This guy's not going to see another snap this year. Um Hey, common betting knowledge, minus two and a half. Bengals coming off an embarrassing loss to the Jets. And whether you say, well, I mean, it was a competitive game. No, don't matter. Uh, the Jets were not a good team, and you got spanked by them in a sense where they put up 34 points on you. You didn't cover the spread last week. I'm all over the Bengals this week. Uh, again, on that betting line, uh, give me the Bengals, minus two and a half. Um, the other thing, too, on the Browns, um, they've been close in the last couple of weeks, uh, just in terms of, in terms of covering and they've covered, they covered two weeks ago. Um, I'm, I can't remember if they covered last week. Did they cover last week? I don't think they did. So, I mean, they're kind of one and one in terms of the cover. Um, and then if you look overall again, right, look at the underlying numbers. Always, this is recent for me. Looking at the underlying numbers, Bengals four and four against the spread, Cleveland four and four against the spread. Uh, if you're if you're the exact same, and by the way, Cleveland has a one and two away record. Um, you know, it, when it's that much of a pick, go with the common betting knowledge minus two and a half. Give me Bengals. Here's my handicapping on this game: Baker Mayfield without OBJ is so much better. Nick Chubb's a week off. He's got a bum shoulder. It's his left shoulder. That's not going to make an impact. Nick Chubb's going to be healthier this week. Coming off the injury last week, was being rested a little bit. He's going to be full go this week. Going to go off the preseason rankings. The Browns are a much better team. Since he's coming off this embarrassing loss, and now their schedule gets tough. And they have a way tougher strength of schedule. They had an easy start to the season. They lost to the Jets. The Browns are a good team. I know they've had some... Things where they haven't looked as good this year. This defense is good. This offense is going to get the job done. They're going to slow it down. I just, I'm not as high on these Bengals. I think they're quite frauds. They're not as good as they've been. They're going to slow down, and Browns should win this game. So, yeah, two and a half. I don't care. The Browns are going to win this game. So, I'm taking Cleveland plus two and a half. And that's your, that's going to be a live dog for you, eh? You like that plus two and a half and the win. Yeah, I think I think the Cleveland's a better team here since he's been hot, but I think this Jets was a wake-up call on just showing who these Bengals are. Well, we're going to see. We'll see how Joe Burrow does against this uh, this defensive line. Uh, what's the next one? Moving along, we have Denver heading to Dallas. Dallas 10-point favorites here. And again, they are still perfect against the spread, 5-1 and one overall. 
Uh, yeah, no, this is easy. I got to keep fading these Cowboys. They are not going perfect against the spread all season. Teddy Bridgewater on the road covers. That's a fact. He covers yep. on the road, especially double-digit numbers. Teddy's going to get it done. They are going to cover this number. I do not think Denver's going to win this game. Ten points is too much to give Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to go the opposite, and I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover. The Broncos put up 17 points against the Washington football team, who arguably has the worst defense in the NFL. 17 points against the worst defense in the NFL, and the Brown- and the Dallas defense is competent. Like, like Dibs, like Diggs is a competent defender. Like they they have some they have some nice they have some nice pieces. Yeah, no, Micah Parsons and stuff. They do have some really nice pieces. They got some nice pieces, and I'm not I'm not saying that the Butler's not going to be able to do anything. And ten points is a lot. But if you look, man, like, again, the numbers don't lie. I get that the spread streak is going to end. Like, 7-0 and can't go on forever. But Broncos are only 4-4 four and four versus the spread. And, I mean, I, I just look at it last week. Like, Dallas was – they got a win last week. Um, it, it, they didn't have Dak Prescott. Schultz did nothing. Um, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, ankle sprain, you know, maybe that – Maybe he's limited this week. I mean, maybe that could be something with this uh, with this team. But Amari Cooper's look good. Um, Zeke's Zeke's again this year has been relatively consistent. Hasn't got hurt, which is nice. I, I I'm not gonna fade this seven and zero streak. I t- I did say earlier on another podcast. I will keep banging this Cowboys drum until they fail me. Cowboys minus the number. Yeah, I just can't keep going it. The Cowboys are exceeding every expectation I had before the season. They got to come back down to earth. They're gonna regress. So maybe they can maybe, keep banging. Well, the, regress next week then, just not this week. Going into our last one o'clock game, we have Houston heading to Miami. Miami five and a half points. This line started more, and now it is less. Is Tyrod Taylor worth a full point? Probably. Mm, He's at least no. probably worth. Tyrod Taylor over Davis Mills is definitely worth a point on the spread. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Whether they're still going to cover is a different question. I still think Miami's going to cover. The Texans are not a good football team. Tyrod Taylor is going to make them competitive. But I think, again, like the SGP guys are saying, this is going to be a big game for Tua. No Deshaun Watson this year. This is your team for the rest of the season. Go out and prove it. you got some easy games coming up now. Starts this week with the Texans. Get it done, Tua. Five and a half points. That's one touchdown. Let's be better. Let's get it done. Miami covers. I can't bet against my my home team. I mean, sometimes I can, but I, I you know what? I was disappointed with the non-cover by Miami last week at 13 and a half versus the Bills. I think they deserve to cover that game. Um, I think they're going to cover the five and a half as well. Um, I just I, this is going to be a win. This is this is the battle of the one and seven teams. Uh, Miami's record versus the spread has not been very good. Um, but let's look at this is that the, the Texans are 0 and 4 on the road. Um, Miami 0 and 3 at home. Somebody's going to get their first home win or their first road win. And I don't think it's going to be the Texans. I honestly think from a fantasy perspective that Miami could actually have a good defensive fantasy play this week. Uh, with Tyrod coming back, I mean, Brandon Cooks is definitely going to get his touches. Uh, he's definitely going to be dangerous. 
Um, but again, Miami's D has regressed this year. There's no doubt about it. We've talked about it, um, but they've still, you know, they still limited the Bills a little bit last week. Um, they've they've put up some good games this week. And oh Lord Almighty, if there's ever a time to get off, like the train's already fallen off the tracks and rolled down the cliff, uh, it's time to salvage some some pride and not give the first overall pick to uh, <laughs> to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, I mean, fins up. Minus five and a half. Let's go. This defense has looked much better the last few weeks now that all the defensive backs are healthy. When you had Byron Jones and Xavier Howard out, of course this defense isn't going to be as good. You take two all-pro corners, take them out of any lineup, it's going to be impacted. You see Baltimore just taking out one of them. Their defense is much worse. Yep. So same thing with Miami. They're getting healthy. I know it's probably too late to think about playoffs or anything, but let's build some momentum. Let's get some good things going with this team and not give Philly a top five pick. No, that just no, can't happen. No, that's, we don't that need would, to hear that from Sean Green. That, that would be the worst ever. Are, by the way, are you surprised? We didn't talk about this. Uh, trade deadline's come and gone. Are you surprised that Xavier Howard did not get traded? A little bit. The only question mark I have here is Xavier Howard seems like a big trade chip in the Deshaun sweepstakes. Sounds like he'd be moved if they were in for that. So you keep X around till the offseason, see what Tua is. Either trade him as a part of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes in the offseason or just move him for some picks and other stuff in the offseason. But I think you want to keep that trade chip just in case Tua is not the guy. Maybe trade him to Philly for a pickback. Not a bad idea. But anyway. All right, let's get into the 4 p.m. slate. Yeah, only three games of the 4 p.m. slate, and we're going to start it off with the L.A. Chargers heading to those Philadelphia Eagles. Chargers favored by one and a half here. Give me the Chargers minus one and a half. I am, they have to win. They've, they've let me down on the spread two weeks in a row, and now I'm in this this full tilt mode with this Chargers team where I'm, I said last week, I'm like, man, they got embarrassed the week before the bye. They had the bye. Here we go off the bye. Now it's like the ultimate don't get embarrassed because if you lose to the Eagles, who are 3-5, and five, and I have the Eagles ending the year, I had them at 5-12. and 12. So they can't win many more games. So my prediction is going to come true. they got to start losing. Um, if If – all this hype about how Herbert's better than Tua, I mean, he's won three more games this year. He's definitely looked better. His stats are uh, in, in, immensely better. But if you keep losing these crappy games against teams that you could beat, I like whatever, man. I you're not that much better. So give me the give me the Chargers minus one and a half. I like the spot. The last three weeks, Herbert's stats have been worse than Tua's. Herbert yes. still given what we've seen at the NFL level, level, is a better quarterback. There's not really an argument yeah. to be made there. Yes. But this just seems like an overreaction to this line. Like, Philly destroyed Detroit. Not a good football team. The Chargers lost to New England, who, again, Bill Belichick. That's all you got to do there. If Before those two games, is this line one and a half? Like, the Chargers looked like a really good team in the AFC, arguably the best team. This just seems like an overreaction. One and a half points is not near enough. Philly's not good. The Chargers are a fairly decent team. One and a half points. Chargers are going to easily cover this one. They're going to win. Moving along to the second game in the 4 p.m. slate. We have Arizona heading to San Fran. San Fran favored by two points. The big thing in this game, a lot of reports that Kyler Murray will not go. Sounds like he wants to go, but a lot of talk is that he's not going to go this game. So we'll see what that line does if Kyler Murray can't play this week. 
It's oh, I'm nervous from a fantasy perspective. I already I, I picked up Tua tonight on the recommendation of SGP because I'm like, man, if I need somebody, if Kyler's not going to go, and he burned me last week, I lost my week because of that. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, the 49ers look pretty darn good to me. Um, and I know that you know I talked about last week. I ain't seen a lot of the 49ers, and you know they, they <laughs> maybe that's just my own bias, but you know they got. Uh, you know, they got some stuff going. I'm not, I don't know about this one and a half line though. Um, I mean, you know, the Cardinals four and oh, and away record, their spread records. Good. San Francisco's is not, um, do they find a way? Like I, I would think that Kyler plays, doesn't he? Who's the backup if Murray doesn't go, you know? I did know, but I've already forgot, but it's, it's not great. It doesn't have the same upside as Kyler Murray. Well, and James Conner's not going to rush a ton as well. Like, if they don't have that option throw in, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is also questionable. Um, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, I'm going to take the... I'm going to take the home team, I think, on that side of the line. You know, one and a half basically means San Francisco is going to win. This is based entirely on Murray not playing. If Murray plays, they definitely have a chance. And, and you know, the Cardinals could cover and win by one and a half, like by two points. I could see that happening. Um, but just in case he doesn't play, give me the give me the Niners minus the points. Yeah, I think the two ways of looking at this. If Kyler doesn't play, I'm all over the Niners. I think this line's going to go even more if he doesn't play. You got to try and get ahead of the line here, thinking that he's not going to. I know he says he wants to play, but all the other reports say no, he's not going to play. There's no chance. They're going to let his ankle rest here. They got a decent lead in the division. Why push it with Kyler? You give keep him out this game is much better than losing him for three or four games. So I see that side of it. The run defense for Arizona not looking as good without J.J. Watt done for the year. What does Shanahan do well? He runs the ball. Elijah Mitchell's looked really good when healthy this year. So there they got a plus. So I don't really feel confident about it if Kyler's playing, but I'm going to hope he doesn't play for my betting purposes and take San Fran minus the two points here. Yeah, I like that. Moving along, the final 4 p.m. game, we have Green Bay heading to KC. <laughs> And KC favored by seven and a half over Green Bay. I mean, well, there's, there's no Aaron Rodgers. This line moved by six on some books, seven by some books based on Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers worth six to seven points? I mean, he's the reigning MVP, so probably. I mean, it's Jordan Love who hasn't played a game in the NFL. Like, he's yeah, been in a game, but he, he hasn't was, started he a, a game. He was a first-round pick, though. You know, Green Bay really needed a quarterback, so they went out and got him in the first round. Yeah, well, he better be good. I mean, here's the thing that I look at. Again, like, this is one of those games where I'm going to be pissed because the Chiefs don't cover. Like, we talk about this over and over and over again. But, man, I'm telling you that, like, without Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I have no confidence in Jordan Love because I haven't seen him play. I mean... He could be unreal, and we know the Chiefs' defense is bad. But how can you, how can you say they're going to cover when we know that the Chiefs have the ability to put up points in this game, where Green Bay's defense has not been that good? And Devontae Adams is back. Aaron Jones is going to have a, a nice game. Dylan's going to have a nice game. I, I would imagine the run game is going to be prominent because I don't think Jordan loves slinging it down the field the whole time. Uh, Bob Tanyan out. Um, I don't know, man. Give me the Chiefs minus the points. I'm doubling down 
on uh, on the Chiefs, even though they don't cover. And I even tweeted out that I don't know why I do this to myself uh, with the Chiefs, but I mean, I, I just don't see how anybody in this spot can be like, yeah, you know what? I have faith that Green Bay is going to cover the number with a rookie quarterback who hasn't started a game in the NFL. Yeah, this is, yeah, again, Casey doesn't cover, but I'm going to have to go that route too. Why is Casey's defense so bad? Because you can throw all over Sorensen. He can't cover anybody. Is Jordan Love going to be tossing it a ton? No. They're going to try to run the game. They're going to try and run the game out. This Casey defense running-wise is okay. They're not as bad as their passing defense, which is horrible, because you just look for Sorensen and you throw his way. So with Jordan Love there, I don't trust it. Andy Reid's a good coach. He's going to find a way to get it done. Stokes kid for Green Bay, the rookie, does look good. He's taken over for Jair Alexander quite well. But again, this is still KC. They're still putting up top five in yards, first and third down conversions. They're just turning it over too much. That's not going to keep up. That's going to regress. They're too good to keep turning it over at the highest pace in the NFL. Other than that, their offense is still top three in the NFL. So they're going to start doing things right here. Seven and a half points. Aaron Rodgers isn't. Jordan Love's not going to be able to get into a shootout where Aaron Rodgers could. So going to have to go Casey as well. It's gross. Is this it, a close your so eye special? It's just a at, gross game. At seven and a half, you're like, oh, God. Like, I mean, whatever. If if Green Bay covers, it would just be like the epitome of this year. So anyway. Yeah, moving along to Sunday night football, we have the Tennessee Titans heading to the L.A. Rams. Rams favored by seven and a half. As they should be. You have a Titans team with a quarterback who can't throw the ball and Ryan Tannehill with no Derrick Henry and a LA Rams defense that just added Vaughn Miller. Uh, So that's all I got to say about that. Give me Rams minus the points at home. Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about this line at all. It's a seven and a half Rams. You have AJ Brown who's going to have Jalen Ramsey over him all game. Julio, I don't think it's playing again. So what, you're going to have McNichols and Peterson try and run against <laughs> <laughs> Darnold and Von Miller? Now, that sounds like a great idea. Oh, and Tannehill does suck. Derrick Henry has helped Tannehill so much, more than anything else. Mike Vrabel, not a good coach. Sean McVay, decent coach. Some weeks looks like a really good coach. Other weeks, I mean, he got Jared Goff to win a road playoff game. So... I mean, at that point, you just think he's the greatest coach ever, almost. No, oh, just be. based on the fact that you can win, Goff can win <laughs> that. So, all those things, this shouldn't be a game. I don't think Tennessee's that good. Their defense is not going to be good, especially when you can't slow down the game and t- cut so much clock off with Henry. Cooper Cup's going to go off. Oh, what? You could think you can cover Cup? Oh, yeah, sorry. They got Daryl Henderson and Robert Woods. This offense is just too good, this defense is too good. They were my Super Bowl favorites before the year. Adding a guy like Von Miller, that just adds to it. I'm super high on these LA Rams. They might disappoint me come playoff time, but seven and a half against this Titans team without Henry, too easy. Aaron Donald and Von Miller. It's just gonna be nasty. Like Tannehill's gonna be scrambling for his life, dude. Like, I mean, we're not even talking about like completing passes or like he's gonna be trying not to die. I am scared for Ryan Tannehill's safety this week. No like, joke. Don, I'm scared like, for his no, safety. No, no joke. We're like, this is the first time you're going to see this Rams defense with Von Miller and Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's just going to blast two guys through, and Von Miller's going to come and take your head off. I mean, he's talking about, like, I don't care who the other line is. Because a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to kill them. Like, he's going to come and kill you this week. Yeah. Like, I if mean, the sack is... number was, if this, if the sack number was 
four and a half. You're taking the over, right? Yeah, I mean, this is just nuts. It's not this Tennessee offensive line. Is this not the same offensive line that gave up five sacks to Chandler Jones at the beginning of the year in week Mm -hmm. one? You're telling me now that they're going to go against Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller with no running back that Tannehill's not going to get sacked ten times? Like this is just could this be the, like the most sacks in NFL history this game? I feel like it could be. Yeah, like this is could just be a lot. this. This is the game where you're going to remember that Aaron Donald could just single handedly win Defensive Player of the Year every year because he's just going to go off in this game. There's no way I see Tennessee competing. So we'll keep moving along. Get into this Monday Night Football and what a game we'll have. Okay, maybe not so much. We have the Chicago Bears <laughs> heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by six and a half here. Uh. Man, like this is the battle of the team with a fake good D against a team with an actual good D. And you've been touting the the Steelers all year. I got to go with it this week. Uh, the Steelers minus six and a half to me. Um, you know, Ben's been not good enough, but he's been competent. And I, I just I, I just worry for for Fields against the Steelers defense. I mean, they've been uh, picking it up the last couple of weeks. And I've taken the Bears a couple times, you know, minus five and a half, minus six, sorry, plus five and a half, plus six uh, in spots versus worst teams, and they can't get the job done. I don't see any reason why they're going to get the job done against the Steelers. Um, you know, a nice little primetime game for Justin Fields. I can't imagine that's going to really, um, you know, necessarily help him that much. And again, records versus the spread, they're pretty, you know, they're, they're, they're basically the same. Uh, but for me, I mean, I think Pitt's kind of on the up and up. And the Bears, for me, their stock is definitely uh, dropping down. So, as I said, Steelers minus the points. Yeah, Justin Fields versus the Steelers D against TJ Watt. Don't like that one bit. Six and a half points, though, for this Pittsburgh offense. That's a lot of points. Bears defense is pretty capable. They're not a bad defense. But, again, like, what do we see this game being? 17 to three like does the bears score a touchdown here like this could honestly like i can't see the bears scoring 10 points or more than 10 points so to cover this game all pittsburgh has to do is score 17 gotta go the steelers way i mean the overrunners the line's 39 yeah like it's absolutely ridiculous and i wouldn't be scared of betting like i don't know what the total is for the bears but it can't be very high there doing the math there like 39 39 would be like 21 to 8 or like twenty to nine or something like that. No, oh, that would be twenty nine, Burke. Sorry, thirty to thirty to nine. The line thirty to nine. That. It would it would be more in the twenties because you got to do the difference still. But yeah, well, whatever. So, twenty four to twenty four to fifteen. There you go. But I can't see the Bears scoring more than ten points. Really, I don't see them doing much on offense. So yeah, Pittsburgh's a play here. I like it. So Burke, moving into our locks. Yeah, we've we've been terrible. There's, okay. there's are we, are no, we going recommendation of triple locks? No, but I got an idea. <laughs> okay. So it was supposed to be my week to go first. Okay. Not only am I going to let you go first again, you're okay. going to make both your locks before I make either of mine. Oh, we I'm got to switch be, up. You're going to pick two, two locks and then oh I'll my. pick my two. Oh, Just, okay. We got to switch up this juju. Nothing's been working. The locks have been bad. We're going to take the advice of the SGP guys. These guys have been doing it for years. They usually do a good job. Their locks have suffered this year as well. But like they said, we got to change it up. So you're going to go double lock, and then I'll go double lock. Okay. Getting this back on track. I am tripling down this week. 
tripling down this week. Give me the Chargers minus one and a half. It's got to be. Like, of all the weeks to cover with the smallest line possible against a team that I think is a fake team, where I, where last week they blew out the Lions and everybody's going to be super high on the Eagles, I don't think they get it done. They're not running the ball 46 times against the Chargers. I'm going to tell you that for free. And Justin Herbert's going to wake up out of his slumber, as is Michael Buble in November. Uh, Chargers minus one and a half. Lock it up. Uh, lock number two. Uh, Rams minus seven and a half versus the Titans. Uh, they're they're gonna real. I mean, again, it's it's a number that you know it's it's not a great number because if they you know if they only win by six, I don't hit it. Uh, Rams gave up the cover last week. If you had the late line, uh, giving up twenty two to the Texans in the fourth quarter, uh, I don't think that happens versus the Titans this week. The Titans are gonna struggle without Derrick Henry, uh, and uh, Ryan Tannehill is gonna get just mucked around the field. Um, Rams minus seven and a half to me seems like the most logical lock. Uh, hit me with it, lock two and zero. Oh, let's fucking go. Yeah, this week is one of the weird weeks. I actually like a lot of these lines, so it probably means I'm gonna do absolutely terrible because I oh, like probably. these lines. Probably, but with the locks again, switching it up. So I'm gonna do two things we haven't done here before. I ha- don't like locking up my own team, but I'm gonna lock up the Miami Dolphins minus Ooh. five and a half. That seems like a good change on the way we've been doing things. And I like Miami in this spot. Number two, Burke, for the first time on the Over Six podcast. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back to your Miami lock. So, like, you're super high on Tyrod. You're thinking Tyrod has a down week versus the one and seven Miami Dolphins? No, I just think two is going to get the job done. Okay. Ryan Kramer, who is not high on two anymore, he's given up is high on Tua this week. Yep. He's saying start him in fantasy. He's taking him in DFS. I like it. I like Tua in this spot. I'm going to trust in him to get it done. The Deshaun Watson news is out the door. It's Tua's team no matter what this year. Jacoby Brissett's not taking his job. We've nope. seen that. It did not I work like well. It. Okay. So Tua's spot. He's going to get the job done. They're going to win. They're going to cover. They need to get some momentum going. They need to help us get our momentum going. Miami, minus five and a half. Fins up. A lock. Fins up. Moving along to my second lock. For the first time ever on the Over Six Sports podcast, we're going to lock up the same team. I am going to lock up the LA Rams as well. Minus seven and a half. Again, we got to do different things. Yeah. We're both struggling with the locks. Let's lock up the same team. Nothing can go wrong there, right? Wrong, right? No, definitely not. Definitely not. We got two locks in each. We need a lot of momentum going our way this week. Let's hope these locks change it up. I don't know if we can do much else. I don't know what we do next week if things don't work out. Well, no locks. No yeah, locks. No <laughs> locks for a week. We'll take a week week off. Just a bye week on locks. But I'm yeah. feeling good. I think there's a good chance we can go, well, I guess, three for three this week. Four for four overall, depending on how you want to look at it. But I feel good. No, I, I I completely agree. As I said, so we got like double Rams lock. If they don't if they don't cover this week, it's gonna be an absolute kick in the nuts. I don't like again. I, it, circling back briefly, I don't see how this doesn't happen. But man, I mean, cue, like cue the X Files music, cue the sus music. I mean, there's some lines the last couple of weeks that have been very 
either the uh, and this is the thing. Like, I'm talking to my dad about it. And he's saying, you know, he's like, man, the, the NFL is rigged with all these lines and and the covers. I'm like, man, I, I maybe or maybe the odds makers are just that good. They've been around the block that long that they can make these picks that good. And hey, I mean. The only one that I think is really sus was the Rams line last week. That one looked super suspicious, but I mean, hopefully we can make some cash this week because last week was the not so good. Let's get us over 50%. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, any any week that there's NFL football is a good week. Uh, let's fucking go. Fins up, baby. Yep, let's go. Fins up. Let's get win number two here. Oof, that is a tough thing to say going into week nine. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports, at C Charlton Turf, and at Zach Burke Over Six. Uh, and for the Over Six Sports podcast, I am Zach the Band of Burke, and with me, as always, Cameron Charlton. The Turf King, Cameron Charlton. Thanks for, listen- Thanks for listening to Over Six Sports, and let's have a few next week.